1: Tiger fans, welcome back to part two of our interview with Earl Sanders on the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast. Bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love. Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely.
2: Talk to us, though, because uh, one, one thing we do want to bring down the show. Now, now, you know, once a Tiger, always a Tiger. And uh, you, you clearly JSU guy, first-round pick from JSU baseball. But we have got to get into your coaching at Tupulou, a sister HBCU, and, you know, wish you all the best there and, and, and that kind of thing. Before we pivot in that, you know, we have uh, now at Jackson State a, uh, a Hall of Famer, uh, first-round pick in football as a head coach. And I say this because there's a contrast from Earl Sanders and Dion Sanders. You know, Deion Sanders is, is charisma is on display. And this is not a comparison thing. Is one guy is right or one thing is one guy is wrong. This is just personalities. Charisma is always on display. Earl Sanders, more of that quiet approach, he was a first-round pick out of the HBCU, accomplished all these things. Now, when you look at, you know, having come up, you know, on the tutelage of Braddy, and now you're coaching HBCU baseball, how do you balance that recruiting process and that conversation process against your own personal humility of letting people know who you are? You know, because I've seen you in settings, man, and, and you're just not too inclined to let people know. Uh, so how how do you balance that when it comes to reaching these kids and recruiting them to baseball and letting them know that you've been there, done that as well?
3: Wow, nearly. <laughs> Look, that that is the that that is the question that that I get all the time, even from my coaches. Um, you know, I want you know, and especially for for the position I'm in at Tugaloo, I want kids to come to Tugaloo because that's where they want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't want to to go in and sell a parent to me. I want the parent. You know, because one thing about, you, for, you know, if you're all the parents, if you're going to send your kid somewhere, most of the time you do the do the research yourself, you know. So mm-hmm. for me to have to say, okay, I'm this guy, send me your son, then to me it, it, it's taking something away from the parent and the kid, you know, because now they're, they're looking at what I did. That doesn't guarantee this kid is going to be that. Or mm-hmm. get that. So I want to establish that, that hunger before. And as, as we progress, and if there comes a time and I'll say, hey, look, and uh, very seldom do I even tell my ball players I play pro ball, uh, it'll just mm-hmm. kind of pop up. But I just choose to do that neatly because sometimes I think we get consumed with us versus the kid and versus what we're really trying to uh, accomplish for that kid. You know, because, because, you know, athletics uh, at an HBCU, it's still, I go back to the history why HBCUs were built. You know, uh, our kids couldn't go anywhere but our schools. So, Mm. for me, this is still what I do. You know, hey, I'm here because... Athletics back then, athletics wasn't paying anybody's bills back then. You know, Mm -hmm. you went to college and you got a college degree, you know, and I know plenty of guys back during my dad's era that used to talk about they chose to finish college than to take the dollar or two that they could have played professional baseball or whatever it was. So, to me, historical black colleges still stand for that same thing, but Athletics now has become a means to an end to where, okay, well, hey, I can get them both. So that's why I don't ever throw, the you know, my prowess out front. Because I want a parent to do – because you've you got to think about as an athlete how much bull crap athletes hear from different coaches and schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a cut to the chase guy. And sometimes it rubs people the wrong way, but at least you know – where I'm coming from, and I've lost mm-hmm. some really good good ball players uh because of that and and some parents have told me say well you 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 act like you really don't want my son and and I could say this to you all if if you you call me for your baby to come to Tuvalu to play baseball, evidently there's not many places your baby can go play, you know, and that's mm. just just and that's just keeping it. Honest and not dogging the kid, but mm-hmm. knowing what my program is, so uh sure. I hope that kind of answered that question but yeah sure. but I, I try to I try to keep myself out of it and and it gives my opportunity again for parents uh for ball player, do the research you because know, one thing we do to these kids you know we we cater to them to me too much, you know right. we mm-hmm. really cater to to our athletes too much, and some of them it affects their growth. And when I say growth, that means mm. that <laughs> the respect, the, you know, in other words, what makes us us. You know, they right. think everything is going to be handed to them on a platter uh, and they don't want to have to work for it because, hey, I'm this athlete, everybody wants me. Uh, so, hey, if you don't want it, if I if you don't let me do it over here, I'll do it somewhere else. Mm, so
4: Sure. I I have a, a kind of a follow up question to what you were talking about and, and it's and it's a bit of a two part question uh in terms of uh I know major league baseball uh has is doing quite a bit uh in, in terms of initiatives uh to get African American ball players uh back to the game of baseball but kind of the, the philosophical question I wanted to ask is does the culture of baseball uh sort of uh, cut into, I, I guess, uh, a, a deeper uh, talent pool of African American uh, ball players. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, instead of playing baseball, you know, maybe they they, they gravitate to uh, football and, and basketball because there's more individual expression. Uh, what, what? What do you think about it?
3: Man, look, look, folks gonna be mad at me, but look, that when you say Major League Baseball is trying to interject into the community, that's the biggest crop because why would you build, Why, why I say this, if you were that interested in African Americans getting back into the game, you go across the water and build academies in all of these countries, and you're, we're right here in the United States, you know, if you were that interested, you go into these black communities and you would build academies, for our kids. But you don't do that. You you put this thing called RBI out there where mm-hmm. there's limited limited funding for it. Um, you know, it, it. I could just go on and on about that, but to me, um and, and it does make it difficult because like you said, the kids, uh of course yes, it's so much easier to pick up a basketball and a football and the glamour. But to me is the investment's not made on the front end. Uh I think mm-hmm. if 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 parents saw where these communities have these nice facilities for baseball and they promoting it like they do the Madison Central's the Clintons, you know, the Brandons, you know, they make it engaging, inviting for. You know, and I know plenty of black parents that, that their kids go to these particular schools and those parents invest
4: because
3: they see where you know they see where uh, that these these particular places are uh, putting the effort in. Just think about sure. it. City of Jackson got all of these baseball parks that are defunct. All you see in them now is is the, the, the little league football all over the city. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a concerted effort by. The powers we'd be. If if we invested in it, we would get those kids back involved.
4: And, and I've always wanted to ask this question, and it's kind of a follow up to what you're saying, uh, especially uh, when you played uh, in in the uh, mid '80s. But uh, it's such a, a phenomenal time, uh, I, and I want to ask this question: Where do you think the disconnect happened between uh, African American baseball players? and 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 continuing the growth of the sport i i guess i take a look at that time period and college basketball explodes and you have some iconic teams you have the horror, your paranoia you have all those just tremendous teams in the early 80s by slamma jamma, you know and it and it carries all the way through the 80s uh and then of course you know uh, college football takes off but uh, for the i, I guess african american baseball player where where did that disconnect happen? Because it seems to me as we go from the eighties into the nineties, there's a growth of AAU uh, basketball, and and even all the way to now, you know, there's more seven on seven in the summers. Do you mm-hmm. kind of have you kind of pinpointed where that disconnect happened? Yeah, us. <laughs> mm. <laughs> look, the base look
3: the the baseball players, us. You know, and I mm-hmm. I, I used to. I I used to challenge my my friend back in the day, and you talk about the 80s and the 90s, Chuck. If you drove down Mm -hmm. South Drive, what did you see on South Drive? Baseball. South Drive. No.
2: Right.
3: You had softball on all four of those fields. Mm -hmm. And and 80, 75% of those brothers that were outstanding softball players were were, were good baseball guys. But they, mm-hmm. chose, they chose to put all of their time into becoming these superstar softball players versus putting that talent back into these youngsters on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to me, to me, it falls back on us. You know, I, I talk about guys on the Hill when we go to Jackson State Baseball and, and guys, are, are, when they criticize uh, the black kids for not being that good, I said, dude, but what are y'all doing? Dude, you play ball. You play college ball. You play, man, them coaches, coaching them kids don't know what they're doing. Dude, but, but you're sitting here with the knowledge. But guess what you want to do? You want to do, and, again, everybody has, everybody, and I'm not saying that responsibility, that's their responsibility, but to me, when you ask what happened, the AAU basketball, those basketball guys decided, hey, i'm'm a I'm gonna I'm a dump all of this into these young kids,
2: mm-hmm. you know
3: football but
2: mm-hmm.
4: if you
3: look around, the brothers now when they get involved in something and they get those kids involved they they do well, but baseball Ooh. man the, the guys decided we'd rather play softball every weekend, and you got all of these generations of baseball kids at these parks that has no coaching, or uh, if they mm-hmm. have coaching it's a dad that to his defense, he was like, well, hey, they don't have any coaches, so I'm going to do the best I can do.
4: Mm-hmm. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so
3: that's where, you know, that's where you had all of this. Because, again, you've always had basketball, football, baseball, whatever, but if baseball had the kind of uh, the kind of brothers that really wanted to make a difference, they could have, we could have, because these kids can still play Chuck, you know. But yeah. the problem is, the problem is they don't have adequate coaches with the experience to do that, you know, and, and that's why I started the Tougaloo program because hmm. I felt like all of these kids in JPS that these guys say they can't play, nobody wants to coach them. So my job, when they come to Tougaloo, whether they have played uh, since Little League or whatever, we're gonna, we're not afraid to coach them up. But I, have to, but I have to say this, though, now, there has not been any, any pressure put on me to win as well. So if Tougaloo, but Tougaloo doesn't invest in athletics like a Jackson State or a state, you know, state-funded school. But when I started that program back in 2003, that was the vision I had, was to give these kids that uh, weren't afforded the opportunity to even be looked at to play college ball, because trust me, you know I'm not uh, toot my own horn, but I've had some kids that couldn't walk and chew bubble to come play for me, and in four years, those guys we were all conference. You know, they they looked like ball players when they left Tougaloo. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that that's kind now, of the you know that that's kind of why I stick to what I do
2: at Tougaloo. Now, coach, oh, I want to yeah. I want to take all all of that, Charles, and, and I want to. Uh, it's been chopped up. I want to put it over the pot now, and and uh, you know my mama would keep the fire low. She want that thing to simmer, but I'm, I'm gonna turn. I'm to turn up the heat. One thing, one, one thing about me and Coach Sanders, man. We, if, if, if you sit around us and, and, and you want and, and you ask us something, now, we don't typically volunteer. but if you ask us something. We are gonna tell the room, pull your legs back. We gonna step on some toes, like, <laughs> cause you know, cause the truth, the truth coming out, cause you know. And so I have heard a lot of stuff there, Chuck, and I heard some wonderful responses. But I, I wanna, I wanna dig a little deeper, but it's, it's, it's almost a forked approach. Um, and and again, I'm, a, I'm gonna draw a parallel to our, our current coach Sanders in, in football, uh, and, and this Earl Sanders in baseball. Coach Sanders for football has, has. Has studied it time and time again, you know, will this program be a path to uh, the NFL? Certainly, but more importantly than that, we're going to build professional young men, and and that sometimes rubs the fan base wrong because oh man, he's not talking about winning, oh he's not talking about this, but what he's ultimately saying is. If I can get these guys to be professional young men, professional athletics and championships and winning will be a byproduct. We got to start with the, you know, like Coach said, you got the guy that can't walk and shoot long at the same time. So there's a process to this thing, and there's a priority to this thing. So I want you to think about that, Carl Sanders. But I also want you to think about our current uh, HBCU structures that we see around the nation. Uh, in baseball. And we can start here at home at Jackson State, which all three of us are, are, are proud to be a part of. Uh, and, and you can go and you look and you see a round of swag. And Chuck was talking about getting young people interested in, in, in baseball again. So this is all what's in the pot. And we're going to turn up the heat. When we look at our HBCU programs, and we don't see them uh, from a demographic standpoint reflective of who HBCUs were founded to serve, and that there's this need in the community to to bring up baseball players, et cetera, et cetera. Coach Sanders, is an unfair question, and because there's one man can't solve it. How do we get back to the basics and fix that, or is it something that we should even be concerned about fixing? Uh, look, because you I'm said gonna... you said that the, one, one thing. But you said the glue gives you the opportunity or the the wiggle room that. You know, we want to be competitive, we want to win, but, but just because you lost to Banner-Bellhaven, you're not on the hot job-wise, but you have other programs out there that it doesn't matter. I want you to win.
3: Right, so how do right. we
2: get back to you building young black men through baseball and getting HBCUs to prioritize black student athletes? and uh, athletes?
3: Well, Neil. again, this is the conversation you and I have. Uh, diversity it's a trap word for HBCUs mm-hmm.
2: because,
3: because to me, diversity doesn't mean uh, Latino, white, whatever. You got diversity among our community, you know, social ethnic background or whatever. But but when you have HBCUs where you have college presidents uh, and athletic directors that will, will say, uh, you know, I want to win by any means necessary. So right off the bat, our kids that HBCUs was our safe haven where we knew we could go there and develop and excel, that's no longer an option. Hmm. Simply because what happens is whatever your coach looks like, normally that's what his team is going to look like. So when you look around the SWAC, uh those coaches go after kids that they're comfortable with, you know. And so what happens, you have a few black kids mixed in, but the problem becomes <clears throat> we want the, the what the the old adage is white boys are better baseball players than black kids. Latino players are better than black kids, which is a myth. Mm-hmm. Those kids – Those kids have been afforded opportunity to be trained or developed. So all I can tell people is they've been developed, but give me that kid that looks like me. Give me a chance, and I guarantee he'll be able to compete with that other guy. But it it goes back to, again, I always ask this question too, Chuck and uh, and Neely. When, When you win a championship, and I'm talking about baseball, if you at Alcorn per se, you win a championship with an all white team and your pictures on the
2: Wheaties box with an
3: all white team, what does that say?
2: You know, oh, Hold on, hold on, the... coach. Let me pull let me pull my feet back. I don't want I don't, they <laughs> might get stepped on. Hold <laughs> on. Let <They> me go right <laughs> here. <laughs>
3: you know, <clears throat> What does that mean? You know, uh, you know. when I look at it, that's 25 African-American kids that didn't get the opportunity to go to college because you chose to try to win a championship that's not going to bring any dollars and cents to your school. If anything, it's going to hurt your budget because you didn't plan on going that far, you know. So I look at it totally deeper than the average person would look at it. You know, uh, but I just think when you look around the country, a lot of the white kids that go to our HBCUs, they can't go to a white university and play. So, okay, well, I can't go there, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take his job. And that's been the trend. The trend started when when Mississippi Valley hired Doug Shanks. And Valley went from being all black to all white immediately. Uh-huh. Valley won thirty-three games, I think, that first or second year. Mm-hmm. But they've still, but they've still never won a SWAC championship. So what did what did it accomplish besides Hey, we can bring white guys in and win some games, but when you look at that program now, so I, I get a lot of people upset, but I, I'm just, and I'm not talking about nobody. I'm just talking. You know, because mm-hmm. if you ask
2: mm-hmm.
3: me, this is what this is just one man's opinion, uh, sure. and I don't let I don't let society dictate to me uh, what it looks like, smells like, and tastes like, because uh, I'm mm-hmm. passionate about what what we are doing to our young black men when it comes to education and athletics. We we you know it's it's so blurred, you know, if the lines are so blurred when it comes to do. College is you know, that that's an opportunity for you to to develop and to become somebody, mm-hmm. you know, versus you put all your eggs in one basket, you know. Hey, I got to go to the league or I got to do this. No, you no, know, you you you're much better than that. So, mm. uh, so so Chuck, look, I can go on and on, and and, and I like feedback, you know, when people when we do, you know, when we kind of go back and forth uh sure. again, you might you might say something that'll help me to understand why you did what you did mhm mhm yeah I, no,
4: I, you
2: know, I know i, I
4: definitely <laughs> feel <you there. laughs>
2: yeah yeah it, it, it it's it's you know it's one of those things uh that that and and this this is this is just merely speaking okay this this I'm not speaking on behalf of a university podcast or anything it's just my my personal outlook i believe. I deeply believe that HBCUs are still relevant. Yes. I believe that they're still relevant because the circumstances to which produced the need for HBCUs to be born still exist today. Yes. We would love to be so successful in our efforts that we work ourselves out of business. Right. You know, and I, I don't care if that's a police department, a hospital that does preventive health, you know, a goodwill, United Way to do services. You hope to one day to be so good at your mission that the need for your existence no longer exists. Hmm. Right. As it right. relates to
3: HBCUs,
2: what caused a Jackson State University to be needed in 1877 is just as profound in 2021.
4: Yes, so, if point. I
2: now, so, yeah. so I'm going somewhere, Chuck. Mm-hmm. If I believe that, then I have to believe that that means there has to be a priority placed on students of color. Mm-hmm. So, I am totally with Coach Sanders. And, I, and, and and now, there are things that we, and again, this is not a JSU thing, we're, we're talking HBCY. Right. Uh, But anybody who's out there, step on, feel free to pull your your toes back if if it get at you. Like like the old folks say, if I'm driving down your road, wave at me. As, As a practical matter, you know, Coach Sanders, you are exactly right, because we are taking opportunity. And why did HBCUs become necessary? For opportunity. We are taking opportunity from a community where there's still a need and prioritizing a trophy instead of the human beings. And I would say this to, to, to Charles, mm-hmm. to Coach Sanders, to our listeners out there, if you look around HBCUs, I'm not picking on one or the other, and what you see taking place in, in successful golf programs, if what you see taking place in successful uh, baseball programs, uh, successful maybe even softball programs, if you mm-hmm. flip that demographic and made that the bands and made that the football team, made that uh, the the drill teams, people would riot. Right. Mm. People would riot. If, if the Sonic mm. Boom of the South was ninety five percent <laughs> non black, don't matter how <laughs> <said> Bohemian, <laughs> don't matter how good they dance, they could still be the best band in the land. If the Sonic <laughs> Boom of the South was ninety percent non black, people would riot. <laughs> However, when it comes to certain sports, we yeah. look the other way as long as it's working. Working wow. meaning winning, but not looking at the relevancy of the mission and who is still in need and who's being left behind because we're valuing a trophy. Now, mm-hmm. now, Coach Sanders, I, you know, again – I ain't trying to sin. I ain't trying to, did, but this is a show where we talk about stuff. We just talking. And, and, you know, it, just, it, it is what it is. You know, it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it is what it is, but it doesn't mean it have to be what it is. But sometimes exactly. you have to have conversations to move needles. And, I, And again, Chuck, let, I, let's, let's, you know, I'm going to be like Mama, put it down on the cellar now. Here's why I believe what, what I just said. It's simply because. I believe HBCUs are still relevant. And if HBCUs are still relevant, they are relevant to a certain population. And that mm-hmm. population has to be the priority in everything that we do. It's mm. not about us. It's not about my coaching resume. It is about this next generation of black people. That's why oh, yeah. we were founded. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And until sure. we work ourselves out of a job, out of an existence, out of a need,
4: that, that has to be our priority.
2: Mhm, mhm, yeah,
4: man. Well, you, you you you, you <laughs> own it, man. You own it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, and guys, I, I hate to say we got to fix it because I hate to say it's a problem or that something's broken. Because you know the mm-hmm. truth is the way we measure success, we measure success by winning and losing. Pride. exactly? And, and, and until we change the narrative on how success—and that's why one of the things, man—I am so so excited about Deion Sanders from prime. Uh, being our football coach at Jackson State for, you know, for a thousand different reasons. But I love every time I hear him say, man, we're going to make professional men. Yeah. Because the truth is, no matter Mm -hmm. what talent he brings in, no matter how successful he is, everybody ain't going to the NFL, but everybody is going out into the world. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we started Mm -hmm. this show with Earl Sanders talking about how Coach Braddy prepared him for life. Right, right. He didn't sit there and say, I'm preparing this guy to be for the draft for the first round Toronto Blue Jays, because at some point, that's going to end. It's only so long you can play, but you're going to have life and how to deal with people and navigate and work ethic the rest of your days. We've got to get back, man, to that kind of focus on our on our black students, or we are doing a disservice to our existence.
3: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I want to say say another thing, because, again, I'm, I'm a transparent guy, Um I, I dealt with, and the reason why education to me, I'm a drum major for education for a student athlete is because a lot of people didn't know, uh, when I left Jackson State in 86, you know, uh, when I got drafted and, and you know, uh, the Blue Jays wasn't trying to give me the kind of money I wanted, and uh, so I wanted to come back for my senior year. I want to come back, Chuck. So what you talking about? I, all I could think about, say, well, hey, they are not giving me the money, so I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna really show them my senior year. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. I get a phone call from my <laughs> my coach,
2: <laughs>
3: Coach Brown's like, big guy, <laughs> you got to go. And I'm like, Coach, man, I just want to come back. He said, I just looked at your grades. You ain't got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm yeah. saying that to say, that's the story of a lot of black athletes. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's the story of a lot of black athletes. Dude, I had to go because mm-hmm. had I come back to Jackson State, dude, I was not going to be eligible to play. So, mm. so I, look, I, I was, I toiled around in the wilderness after I stopped playing pro ball I was in the wilderness for years without a college degree, and so mm. I had doors open for me. But guess what? When it was okay, well, shoot, just uh, we just need a transcript, and we need. I'm like, what you need that for? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, yeah.
0: and, I'm, yeah. and so,
3: yeah. so, so, what I've done, and what I continue to do, is use my ignorance from back then to try mm-hmm. to keep these young brothers from having to deal with what I had to deal with trying to find a job after I no longer p- play professional baseball. And, dude, that was right. a dark time for me. That was a dark time for me. So I always make sure that uh, I tell the ugly side as well as the pretty side because people don't, people don't get it. These guys sometimes and parents think that these kids are just going to walk, you know, walk down this, this, this straight street. A lot of times it don't happen that way, so right, I suggest right. education a kid I'll punish a kid worse for missing class guys than missing my practice, and my players will tell you if you if I find out you missing class, oh man you you might as well get ready because hmm. I understand the dynamics of the big picture so right. uh <laughs> so but I, I just want to say, hey, look. Academics is still, and and we're talking about at our institutions, you know, at our institutions, man. So, uh, so, but people don't. It's a lot of a lot of pitfalls that I think people don't understand when it comes to being a college athlete, uh, as well. You know, you're, you're pushing these kids to do this, and you're promising this and that, but you're not pushing academics. You know, I want my guys to excel on the field and in the classroom. So after your eligibility is up, the win for me is when I see you on stage in May. Yeah. Coach sounds out and say, did it,
2: you know, so. Uh, yeah. and, and, and did it from a premier institution. You know, exactly. I, I will say this as, as a JSU guy, you know, Chuck and I are born and raised in Jackson and been around and exposed to a little keep in mind, you know, our hearts, we bleed blue. But, but, yeah. but, I will never try to disqualify or diminish the caliber of human beings that Tougaloo College produces right here in Jackson, And so when you exactly. talk about a baseball player uh, and you're getting him to graduation from that institution, that in and of itself is just a major success for life.
4: Um, Precisely. So, you know,
2: so, Precisely. So just kudos to you, Coach, for just having that outlook you know, as a like, hey, you
4: know, I don't know
2: if you're going to get drafted. I don't know if we're going to win this championship and roll out 15 victories in a row up there at Smith-Wheels, you know, when we play. Uh, but but <laughs> you, you're going to be a damn the person when we're we'll done. Exactly, right,
4: right. exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I tell you guys, I, <laughs> this has been such a phenomenal uh, episode. I, I hate to put a pen in it. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is great stuff, man. This is excellent stuff. Neely, man, uh, any yeah uh final thoughts from you man, before we turn it over to our guests,
2: No, I would just say, Chuck, once again, it's just been a pleasure uh you know to to be a part of Tiger talk with the 1400 Club uh to keep information feeding our listeners with different viewpoints from all the sports. And, and, you know, as of late, man, we've been bringing on some of those legends because Richard Pritchard is making sure that these new generations of Jacksonians, of Tigers, understand the shoulders that they stand on. You know, the athletic department motto is uh, is building on tradition of blazing new trails. And I don't think there's a bigger tradition, particularly in the late start baseball program and the guests that we had on this episode the Tigers. So I just want to you say, you know, Earl Sanders, Coach Sanders, uh two-hulu College Baseball, JSU, uh man, who's come from our baseball ringer. Man, congratulations, God bless and Man, it was an honor to have you on.
3: Man, I say it, it was an honor to be on. And, uh man, I tell you, you know, you guys continue to, 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 to move the needle. Uh You know, and I look forward to logging in to – uh to, to, to listen to the dialogue of, of all the alums and uh, the guests that you have on, because, again, this is needed. You know, mm-hmm. this is needed. Just real talk, you know, unscripted, mm-hmm. uncut. Uh, to me, that, to me that's more relevant than trying to be politically correct uh, when you can just have this open floor and this open dialogue just to speak freely, you know. Uh,
4: mm-hmm. right. And I appreciate right. you
3: guys giving me that, that opportunity.
4: Well, I, I tell you what, uh, Earl Sanders, uh, this has been a, a privilege for me. Uh, you brought the fire. You brought it h- uh, hot and heavy. And uh, this has been uh, one of the, you know, uh, great episodes that we've had here on the Tiger Talk. We really appreciate you uh, coming in. And, and we'll just, well, what we're going to do is just put a comma, because we'll, we'll, we we expect you to come back on at some point in time.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we'll I'll be see. glad to, man. I, 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 I like the city. I love the city.
4: No doubt about it.
1: And that'll do it for our interview with JSU great Earl Sanders. Thank you to all of our listeners, both new and old and again be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast apple podcast listeners rate and review the show and everyone follow tiger talk with the 1400 club on facebook and tiger talk 1400 on instagram and twitter i can't stress the importance of this enough we're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department and it all starts with you downloading subscribing rating and reviewing the show Tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I Love.